Section 61 of Ulysses. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Ulysses by James Joyce. Part 3. The Nostos. Episode 18. Penelope. Part 6. That was a relief. Wherever you be, let your wind go free. Who knows if that pork chop I took with my cup of tea after was quite good with that heat. I couldn't smell anything off it. I'm sure that queer-looking man in the pork butchers is a great rogue. I hope that lamp is not smoking. Fill my nose up with smuts better than having him leaving the gas on all night. I couldn't rest easy in my bed in Gibraltar even, getting up to see. Why am I so damn nervous about that? Do I like it in the winter? It's more company. Oh, Lord, it was rotten cold, too, that winter when I was only about ten. Was I? Yes. I had the big doll with all the funny clothes, dressing her up and undressing, that icy wind skating across from those mountains, the something Nevada, Sierra Nevada, standing at the fire with the little bit of a short shift I had up to the heat itself. I loved dancing about in it. Then make a race back into bed. I'm sure that fellow opposite used to be there the whole time, watching me with the lights out in the summer, and I in my skin hopping around. Used to love myself then, stripped at the washstand, dabbing and creaming. Only when it came to the chamber performance I put out the light too, so then there were two of us. Goodbye to my sleep for this night, anyhow. I hope he's not going to get in with those medicals leading him astray, to imagine he's young again, coming in at four in the morning. Must be, if not more. Still, yet the matter's not to wake me. What did I find to jabber about all night, squandering money and getting drunker and drunker? Couldn't I drink water? Then he starts giving us his orders for eggs and tea, and finned and oddy and hot buttered toast. I suppose we'll have him sitting up like the king of the country, pumping the wrong end of the spoon up and down in his egg, wherever he learned that from. I love to hear him falling up the stairs every morning with the cups rattling on the tray, and then play with the cat. She rubs up against you for her own sake. I wonder how she flees. She's as bad as a woman, always licking and lecking. But I hate her claws. I wonder did I see anything that we can't, staring like that when she sits at the stop of the stairs so long, and listening as I wait always. What a robber, too. That lovely, fresh place I bought. I think I'll get a bit of fish tomorrow. Or today. Is it Friday? Yes. I will with some blancmange with blackcurrant jam like long ago, not those two-pound pots of mixed plum and apple from the London and Newcastle. Williams and Woods goes twice as far only for the bones. I hate those eels. Cod. Yes, I'll get a nice piece of cod. I'm always getting enough for three, forgetting. Anyway, I'm sick of that everlasting butcher's meat from Buckley's, loin chops and leg beef and rib steak and scrag of mutton and calf's pluck. The very name is enough. Or a picnic. Suppose we all give fivepence each, or let him pay it and invite some other woman for him. Who, Mrs. Fleming? And drove out to the furry glen or the strawberry beds. We'd have him examining all the horse's toenails first, like he does with the letters. No, not with boiling there. Yes, with some cold veal and ham, mixed sandwiches. There are little houses down at the bottom of the banks there on purpose, but it's hot as blazes, he says. Not a bank holiday, anyhow. I hate all those rook of Marianne coal boxes out for the day. Whit Monday is a cursed day, too. No wonder that bee bit him. Better the seaside, but 
I'd never again in this life get into a boat with him after him at Bray, telling the boatman he knew how to row. If anyone asked could he ride the steeplechase for the gold cup, he'd say yes. Then it came down to get rough, the old thing crooketing about, and the weight all down my side, telling me to pull the right reins, now pull the left, and the tide all swamping and floods into the bottom, and his oar slipping out of the stirrup. It's a mercy we weren't all drowned. He can swim, of course. Me, no danger there whatsoever. Keep yourself calm in his flannel trousers. I'd like to have tattered him down off him before all the people, and give him what that one calls flagellate, till he was black and blue. I'd do him all the good in the world only for that long-nosed chap, I don't know who he is, or that other beauty Burke at the City Arms Hotel was there spying around as usual on the slip. Always where he wasn't wanted, if there was a row on, you'd vomit a better face. There was no love lost between us, that's one consolation. I wonder what kind is that book he brought me. Sweets of Sin by a Gentleman of Fashion. Some other Mr. Cock, I suppose people gave him that nickname, going about with his tube from one woman to another. I couldn't even change my new white shoes, all ruined with the salt water, and the hat I had, with that feather all blowy and tossed on me. How annoying and provoking, because the smell of the sea excited me, of course. The sardines and the bream in Catalan Bay, round the back of the rock, they were fine, all silver in the fishermen's baskets. Old Luigi near a hundred, they said they came from Genoa, and a tall old chap with the earrings. I don't like a man you have to climb up to get at. I suppose they're all dead and rotten long ago. Besides, I don't like being alone in this big barracks of a place at night. I suppose I'll have to put up with it. I never brought a bit of salt, even when we moved in the confusion. Musical Academy he was going to make on the first-floor drawing-room, with a brass plate, or Bloom's private hotel, he suggested. Go and ruin himself altogether, the way his father did down in Ennis, like all the things he told father he was going to do and me. But I saw through him telling me all the lovely places we could go for the honeymoon. Venice by moonlight, with the gandolas and the lake of Como. He had a picture cut out of some paper, of in mandolines and lanterns. Oh, how nice, I said. Whatever I liked, he was going to do immediately, if not sooner. Will you be my man? Will you carry my can? He ought to get a leather medal with a putty rim for all the plans he invents. Then leaving us here all day, you'd never know what old beggar at the door for a crust with his long story might be a tramp. And put his foot in that way to prevent me like the picture of that hardened criminal he was called in Lloyd's Weekly News. Twenty years in jail, then he comes out and murders an old woman for her money. Imagine his poor wife or mother, whoever she is. Such a face you'd run miles away from. I couldn't rest easy till I bolted all the doors and windows to make sure. But it's worse again being locked up like a prison or a madhouse. They ought to be all shot, or the cat o' nine tails. A big brute like that would attack a poor old woman to murder her in the bed. I'd cut them off so I would. Not that he'd be much use still. Better than nothing. The night I was sure I heard burglars in the kitchen, and he went down in his shirt with a candle and a poker as if he was looking for a mouse, as white as a sheet, frightened out of his wits, making as much noise as he possibly could for the burglar's benefit. There isn't much to steal, indeed, the Lord knows. Still, it's the feeling, especially now with Milly away. Such an idea for him to send the girl down there to learn to take photographs on account of his grandfather instead of sending her to Scarry's Academy, where she'd have to learn. Not like me, getting all eyes at school. 
Only he'd do a thing like that all the same on account of me and Boylan. That's why he did it, I'm certain. The way he plots and plans everything out. I couldn't turn around with her in the place lately, unless I bolted the door first. It gave me the fidgets coming in without knocking first, when I put the chair against the door, just as I was washing myself there below with the glove. Guess on your nerves. Then doing the log lady all day, putting her in a glass case with two at a time to look at her if he knew. She broke off the hand of that little Jim-crack statue, with her roughness and carelessness, before she left. Then I got that little Italian boy to mend, so that you can see the joint for two shillings. Wouldn't even teen the potatoes for you. Of course she's right not to ruin her hands. I noticed he was always talking to her lately at the table, explaining things in the paper, and she pretending to understand. Sly, of course, that comes from his side of the house. He can't say I pretend things, can he? I'm too honest, as a matter of fact. And helping her into her coat. But if there's anything wrong with her, it's me, she'd tell, not him. I suppose he thinks I'm finished out and laid on the shelf. Well, I'm not known or anything like it. We'll see, we'll see. She's well on for flirting, too, with Tom Devan's two sons, imitating me, whistling with those romps of Murray girls calling for her. Can Millie come out, please? She's in great demand to pick what they can off her round in Nelson Street. Riding Harry Devan's bicycle at night. It's as well he sent her where she is. She was just getting out of bounds, wanting to go to the skating rink, and smoking their cigarettes through their nose. I smelt it off her dress when I was biting off the thread of the button I sewed on, the bottom of her jacket. She couldn't hide much from me, I tell you. Only I oughtn't have stitched it, and it on her. It brings a parting, and the last plump pudding, too, split in two halves. See, it comes out no matter what they say. Her tongue is a bit too long for my taste. Your blouse is open too low, she says to me, the pan calling the kettle black bottom. And I had to tell her not to cock her legs up like that on show in the window-sill before all the people passing. They all look at her like me when I was her age. Of course any old rag looks well on you. Then a great touch-me-not-too in her own way, at the only way in the theatre royal. Take your foot away out of that, I hate people touching me. Afraid of her life I'd crush her skirt with the pleats. A lot of that touching must go on in theatres and it crush in the dark. They're always trying to wiggle up to you. That fellow in the pit at the gaiety for Beerbohm Tree in Trilby. The last time I'll ever go there to be squashed like that for any Trilby. Were her bare bum every two minutes tipping me there and looking away. He's a bit daft. I think I saw him after trying to get near two stylish dressed ladies outside Switzer's window at the same little game. I recognized him on the moment, the face and everything, but he didn't remember me. Yes. And she didn't want me to kiss her at the broadstone going away. Well, I hope she'll get someone to dance attendance on her the way I did when she was down with the measles and her glands swollen. Where is this and where is that? Of course she can't feel anything deep yet. I never came properly till I was twenty-two or so. Went into the wrong place always, only the usual girl's nonsense and giggling. That Connie Connolly writing to her in white ink on black paper, sealed with sealing wax, though she clapped when the curtain came down because he looked so handsome. Then we had Martin Harvey for breakfast, dinner, and supper. I thought to myself afterwards it must be real love if a man gives up his life for her that way or nothing. I suppose there are a few men like that left. It's hard to believe in it, though, unless it really happened. 
to me the majority of them, with not a particle of love in their natures. To find two people like that nowadays full up of each other, that would feel the same way as you do, as they're usually a bit foolish in the head. His father must have been a bit queer to go and poison himself after her. Still, poor old man, I suppose he felt lost. She's always making love to my things, too, the few old rags I have, wanting to put her hair up at fifteen. My powder, too, only ruin her skin on her. She's time enough for that all her life after. Of course she's restless, knowing she's pretty with her lips so red. A pity they won't stay that way. I was, too. But there's no use going to the fair with the thing answering me like a fisherwoman. When I asked her to go for half a stone of potatoes the day we met Mrs. Joe Gallagher at the trotting matches, and she pretended not to see us in her trap with Friary the solicitor, we weren't grand enough till I gave her two damn fine cracks across the ear for herself. Take that now for answering me like that, and that for your impotence. She had me that exasperated, of course contradicting. I was bad-tempered, too, because I was it. There was a weed in the tea, or I didn't sleep the night before. Cheese I ate, was it? And I told her over and over again not to leave knives crossed like that, because she is nobody to command her, she said herself. Well, if he doesn't correct her face, I will. That was the last time she turned on the tear-tap. I was just like that myself. They daren't order me about the place. It's his fault, of course, having the two of us slaving here instead of getting in a woman long ago. Am I ever going to have a proper servant again? Of course, then, she'd see him coming. I'd have to let her know or she'd revenge it. Aren't they a nuisance, that old Mrs. Fleming? You'd have to be walking around after her, putting the things into her hands, sneezing and farting into the pots. Well, of course, she's old. She can't help it. Good job I found that rotten old smelly dishcloth that got lost behind the dresser. I knew there was something, and opened the area window to let out the smell. Bringing in his friends to entertain them like the night he walked home with a dog, if you please. That might have been mad, especially Simon Dedlis' son. His father's such a criticizer with his glasses up, with his tall hat on him at the cricket match, and a great big hole in his sock. One thing laughing at the other, and his son that got all those prizes for whatever he won them, the intermediate. Imagine climbing over the railings. If anybody saw him that knew us, I wonder he didn't tear a big hole in his grand funeral trousers. As if the one nature gave wasn't enough for anybody. Hawking him down into the dirty old kitchen now, is he right in the head, I ask? Pity it wasn't washing day. My old pair of drawers might have been hanging up too on the line for an exhibition for all he'd ever care with the iron mould mark, the stupid old bundle burned on them. He might think of something else, and she never even rendered down the fat, I told her, and now she's going such as she was on account of her paralysed husband getting worse. There's always something wrong with them, disease, or they have to go under an operation, or if it's not that, it's drink, and he beats her. I'll have to hunt around again for someone. Every day I get up, there's some new thing on. Sweet God, sweet God! Well, when I'm stretched out dead in my grave, I suppose I'll have some peace. I want to get up a minute if I'm let. Wait, oh, Jesus, wait. Yes, that thing has come on me. Yes, now, wouldn't that afflict you? Of course, all the poking and rooting and ploughing he had up in me. Now what am I to do? Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Wouldn't that pester the soul out of a body unless he likes it? Some men do. God knows there's always something wrong with us five days every three or four weeks. Usual monthly auction. Isn't it simply sickening the night it came on in me like that? The one and only time we were in a box that Michael Gunn gave him to see Mrs. Kendall and her husband at the Gaiety. 
something he did about insurance for him and Jimmy's. I was fit to be tied, though I wouldn't give in, with that gentleman of fashion staring down at me with his glasses, and him on the other side of me talking about Spinoza and his soul that's dead, I suppose, millions of years ago. I smiled the best I could all in the swamp, leaning forward as if I was interested, having to sit it out then to the last tag. I won't forget that wife of Scarley in a hurry. It's supposed to be a fast play about adultery. That idiot in the gallery hissing the woman adulteress. He shouted. I suppose he went and had a woman in the next lane running around all the back ways after to make up for it. I wish he had what I had. Then he'd boo. I bet the cat itself is better off than us. Have we too much blood up in us or what? Oh, patience above, it's pouring out of me like to see. Anyhow, he didn't make me pregnant as big as he is. I don't want to ruin the clean sheets I just put on. I suppose the clean linen I wore brought it on, too. Damn it, damn it. And they always want to see a stain on the bed to know you're a virgin for them. All that's troubling them. They're such fools, too. You could be a widow or divorced forty times over. A daub of red ink would do. Or blackberry juice. No, that's too purply. Oh, Jamesy, let me up out of this. Pooh. Sweets of sin, whoever suggested that business for women. What between clothes and cooking and children, this damn old bed, too jingling like the dickens. I suppose they could hear us away over the other side of the park, till I suggested to put the quilt on the floor under with the pillow under my bottom. I wonder is it nicer in the day. I think it is easy. I think I'll cut this hair off me there scalding me. I might look like a young girl. Wouldn't he get the great suckin' the next time he turned up my clothes on me? I'd give anything to see his face. Where's the chamber gone? Easy. I've a holy horror of its breaking under me after that old commode. I wonder was I too heavy sitting on his knee. I made him sit on the easy chair purposely when I took off only my blouse and skirt first in the other room. He was so busy where he oughtn't to be, and he never felt me. I hope my breath was sweet after those kissing comforts. Easy. God, I remember one time I could scout it out straight, whistling like a man almost. Easy. Oh, Lord, how noisy. I hope there are bubbles in it, for a wad of money from some fellow. I'll have to perfume it in the morning. Don't forget. I bet he never saw a better pair of thighs than that. Look how white they are. The smoothest place is right there between this bit here. How soft like a peach. Easy. God, I wouldn't mind being a man and get up in a lovely woman. Oh, Lord, what a row you're making, like the Jersey lily. Easy, easy. Oh, how the waters come down at Lahore. End of section 61